Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you all for tuning in to Step Into Your Sunshine. This is your host, Rachel Kudran, the owner of Etsy Boutique, Kudran's Curiosities, and RC Copywriting. Today, I'm going to cover a topic that has been near and dear to my heart my entire life. I want to ask you guys, have you taken the time to watch the first episode of the series, Your Weight Does Not Determine Your Worth? And the second episode with just myself, Cultivating the Dreams in Your Children. If you haven't gotten and listened to those, take a moment after this and go back and check them out. They're definitely worth your time. So back to conveying one of the most important topics in my life. I first want to start off with a quote. If you've listened to some of the other episodes, you know that I am a major Brene Brown fan. And when I first read her Daring Greatly book, this quote alone, that's actually from Theodore Roosevelt, one of the presidents of the U.S., changed my life. So I want to share it with you. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails by daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat Theodore Roosevelt. When I heard this quote for the first time, it transformed my mindset because so many of us experience people on the outside telling us that we shouldn't do this, we shouldn't fall after our dreams. Are we smart enough? Are we good enough? Do we know enough to run our businesses, or do we know enough to parent correctly? There's always people that are going to be out there criticizing you about what you are and what you aren't doing. And what this quote did for me is transform that mindset that it doesn't matter what they say. It only matters the critiques and the thoughts from those in the arena with me because they understand. Now, throughout my life, I am the star in many arenas. Parenting. I and my family are vegan. I'm an American expat. I have an international relationship. My husband is French and I'm American. And most importantly, since the day I've been born, I've been hard of hearing. And growing up, I would call it deaf. Politically correct, it's called hard of hearing. So let me dive into that for just a moment so you understand my situation. As I was born completely deaf in my right ear. And between the ages of birth and 18 years old, 
I lost between 20 and 30% of my hearing in my left ear. For a long time, we didn't know if I was going to go completely deaf or not. Now today, I want to take the time to educate the community at large and around the world about what does it mean to be hard of hearing and how can a society support those who are hard of hearing and how can people that are hard of hearing be an advocate for themselves? Now, I want to take you back to my childhood. I was very, very blessed with the parents that I had. They never allowed my hearing loss to be an excuse. They never told me I was less than or made me believe that I was incapable because of my hearing loss. And that set the foundation for the rest of my life and my viewpoint on hearing loss. I was never excused from doing certain curriculums or certain concepts or being in the play at school or singing or any of that stuff because my parents didn't allow me to say, well, my excuse is I just can't hear and so I'm not going to participate or I can't do that. That was just not the mentality of my household. It was more of the mentality that you're able, you're capable, and this is just a little hurdle that you have to get through, a challenge that you have to rise above to be able to do certain things. And that was transformational for me. And I'm reaching out to all of you guys this evening to tell you that if you have people in your life, children, grandparents, parents, friends that are hard of hearing, know that they are 100% capable and treating them that they're like they're anything less than is really a hard pill to swallow for the person experiencing it. I want to tell you about some of my experiences at school so you guys can develop an understanding. So I remember one very specific experience in school in elementary, primary school, and I always had to sit at the front of every single class that I was in throughout my entire life. It was just, that was what was expected of me, and that was the rule. I sat in the front to make sure I could hear the teacher, the speaker, whichever thing it was, and One day, when I was in second grade, the teacher redid the layout of the room, redid the seating chart, and she had put me towards the back of the class. And I went up to her, even at six, seven years old, I was already an advocate for myself because my parents never allowed it to be an excuse. And I told her, I need to move up closer. I can't really hear you. And she told me, you're going to go have to ask yourself. And I was shocked because that never happened to me before. That wasn't how things were supposed to go. They were the adult. They were supposed to take care of the situation, not put me in a situation where I had to explain to 
a classmate that I was deaf, that I couldn't hear. Because if you guys have spent any time around children, then you can know that children can be incredibly mean. They will pick you apart for everything that's different. And you will be bullied in school. And if you listened to my first episode, then you would know that I was. And my hearing didn't really help much with that aspect. And I remember that that day I felt so uncomfortable and so exposed. And I went home and I told my parents what happened. And the reaction is only equivalent to a mama bear coming out to protect her cub. And that the next day we went to the, we went to school and you could just imagine um, how my mom interacted with the principal and the teacher at that school. Now, let me tell you another experience about a friend interaction that I'll never forget. I was sitting in the car and she was on my right side. So that would be my bad side. And it was in middle school. So I was around the age of about 10, 11. And she was whispering into my right ear. Can you hear it? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? And she thought it was hysterical. Such a funny time. Oh, you know, Rachel can't hear over here. And I remember thinking, wow, she really doesn't understand. And then my other feeling that I was feeling inside was this was really demeaning. It's like a circus animal that you just want to pick and prod me and whisper in my ear. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Move further away, closer, whisper, barely talk, talk real loud. And I was just a form of entertainment. And that hit me hard. It was really the first time that someone had done such a thing with me at the age of 10. But instead of focusing on feeling like a circus animal, I decided to focus on the fact that she didn't understand and that she wasn't intentionally trying to make fun of me or make me feel like a circus animal. She was my friend and she was a legitimate friend but she didn't understand. And at the age of 10, I decided that at one point in my life, I would become an advocate for those that are hard of hearing or deaf because so many people in the society at large doesn't understand what it's like. Now in high school, I had a similar situation with a teacher, but this time, you know, when you're in high school, you don't want to sit in the front. You know, that's where all the nerdy kids sit. And you want to sit in the back. You want to be the cool, collected, accepted kid. And so one day they were redoing the seating charts again. And she put me towards the back of the class. And I decided, okay, I wanted to be that cool kid. I was going to sit there. And at the end of the lecture, I went up to her. And I told her, so-and-so, I'm going to have to move, actually, because I, I didn't hear most of what you said during the lesson. 
And she decided to tell me that the reason I didn't hear her was because I wasn't paying attention. Like I was too distracted with different things. Now, the reality was, was I wasn't doing anything else except for trying to understand what she was saying. And I couldn't because I couldn't hear her effectively. Now, for me to let you guys in on a little secret is soft feminine voices are incredibly difficult for me to hear. I hear male lowered tone voices much better and clearer. She had this little squeaky, feminine, soft voice. And even in the front row, it was a challenge for me to hear her effectively. And I tried and tried and tried to explain to her that, no, 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 I'm not distracted. I can't hear you. I legitimately can't hear you. I'm trying to be my own advocate here. And she's just not having any part of it. Like she refuses to move me in the class. And now for all those parents out there, just so you understand, this was a choice that went against the uh, individualized education plan that was set up for me for my hearing. And so she was already in breach of contract by refusing to move me. And that day I went home, I was really frustrated. And my mom kept on asking, you know, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I finally told her, and here comes Mama Bear again. And we had a conference with almost every important person in that school, principal, teacher, anyone that had anything to do with me. And that meeting was really transformational because it allowed people to understand what was really happening. And it allowed me to see someone advocating for me. And what did that look like? What did that feel like? Now, in today's society, so many times, I see that hard of hearing people, they don't share that they're hard of hearing or that they're deaf because you don't know how people are going to react. So many people feel that, oh, if a person just knew, they would be accommodating. Oh, really? Well, this comes from somebody who doesn't have this experience, who doesn't have this disability, doesn't have, has never experienced in their life what it's like to be hard of hearing. Now, before we move fully into that topic, I want to talk about friends and family growing up. So many times my friends or my friends with quotation marks around them, they would purposely talk just low enough where I couldn't hear them out of earshot just to test me, see if I could. And that really bothered me. And it made me feel less than, it made me feel like not enough. And my family, now my parents were always super advocates for me, but I had two brothers, I have a sister, and they didn't always understand what it was like 
And they would get real frustrated sometimes when they had to repeat things over and over again. And, you know, sometimes when you're hard of hearing, you just stop asking because you can see people's frustration. Also, in my family, I felt like I did a disservice almost to the deaf and hard of hearing community. And you might be asking like, what are you talking about, Rachel? You are personally hard of hearing. And yes, yes, I am. But I don't have the same symptoms of many. I don't have a lisp. I don't talk at a higher octave. I don't mispronounce words. And people never know that I'm deaf, ever. They're always surprised, always shocked. Ooh, I would have never guessed that. And my parents, it was very similar. Yes, they had to repeat themselves. Yes, I couldn't hear them when they called at me from the other room at the other side of the house. Uh, But there was so much that I could do. I never struggled in school because of my hearing. I never developed a lisp or had to go to language therapy, speech, uh, speech pathology appointments or anything like that. And so sometimes I wonder, did they really experience the whole experience of what it's like to have a hard of hearing child? Now I want to talk in about some misconceptions that exist in society about hearing and non-hearing people. One of the first ones is hearing aids. Oh, you're deaf, you're hard of hearing. Why don't you just slap on a hearing aid and everything gets better? No, that's not the case. It doesn't just magically get better. For me, I didn't own a hearing aid until I was 18 years old. That means for 18 years, my hearing adjusted accordingly to whatever was necessary, to whatever was needed. And to talk a little bit about hearing is when you come into the world, you can hear everything and it's very overstimulating, all the sounds, you don't know where they come from, you don't know where they are. And over time, your brain learns to eliminate sounds or dull them. Oh, it's just a washer. Oh, it's just the wind in the car. It's just the engine. It's music in the background. And it's just the birds chirping. And your brain figures out what those are and then it categorizes it appropriately. Well, the same thing happened for me for 18 years. And when I put on that hearing aid, it felt like I was reborn in the sense of I heard all of these new sounds, thousands and thousands of sounds that I had never heard in my life. And it was 100% overwhelming. I put on my hearing aid, had it on for like 10 minutes, walked outside, took it back off and said, I'm not interested in this. And you guys might be shocked to hear that. Why? Oh, wouldn't it be incredible to be able to hear again? Wouldn't it be incredible to have all your hearing back in both sides? No, no, it was nothing like that at all. 
All I can think of, like, I've been doing fabulous for 18 years. Why do I want to overstimulate my brain now? Like, that doesn't seem useful at all. And, of course, my mom and my audiologist highly encouraged me. And so I went fine. I'll get the hearing aid. And there it sat most of the time on the desk because I just couldn't figure out why would it be useful for me. And when I went to college and I experienced some teachers that had different accents, I began to understand just slightly why hearing aids are useful. And then when I came to France, my eyes were fully opened. Because for me, there's certain sounds in English that I do not hear. I cannot hear them. But because I'm fluent in English, then my mind and my brain fills in the gaps for me. That's amazing. That's so mind-blowing that our brains have such capacity. Yet... When I'm learning French, that same skill set does not exist. I don't have a foundation in French. I'm not fluent. And yet there are still syllables and sounds that I can not hear. And it's so frustrating. When I have my hearing aids on, my comprehension of French goes up about 20 to 30%. That's astounding. Just by putting on my hearing aid, I understand 20 to 30% more French. And this is because I can actually then hear the sound. Now, some sounds I'll never hear. And I'm just going to have, my brain is going to have to pick that up over time as I develop in my French. And it is mind-blowing that that is a capacity. But on the other side of things, when we talk about hearing aids, is when I go into a restaurant, I'm completely overwhelmed. I hear every single scrape on every plate in the entire place. When people are eating, you know, that screeching, the metal versus the plate, it's just horrible. Like, it just feels like nails on a chalkboard in my ears. And then on top of that, I can hear every conversation around me and I'm not, my brain's not used to just tuning that stuff out, not at that level. So I'm totally distracted between the sounds of the silverware and the conversations around me. And then I'm trying to eat and not be distracted. And then I'm trying to focus on the people that I'm with. And it's such an overwhelming experience for me when I wear my hearing aid that many times I have to take it out because I'm like, oh, okay, okay, I can function now. This is the same thing when I am in a car. I'm not used to tuning out the sound of an engine with my hearing aid on. And so when I'm in the car and my hearing aid's on, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I feel sporadic and chaotic in my head because I hear so many new sounds. It's the same thing in my house, especially back in Oklahoma, is you have air conditioning running, you have a dishwasher, a dryer, a washer, all these electronics that are moving around in your house. And throughout your entire life, you've learned to dissociate from that sound. Oh, that's not an important sound. But for me, those are all new sounds and they are overwhelming my mind. 
next time that you see someone with a hearing aid or you know that your grandparents have hearing aids, ask them, is this space too overwhelming for you? Can you hear too many sounds here? Are you able to concentrate? Now, the next topic I'd like to dive into is language learning. Now, people have this misconception around the world that if you put yourself in said environment with said language, that you will pick it up at a faster rate. Now, this may be true for some, but it's not true for all. And it's absolutely not true for me. I've lived in France for four and a half years and sticking me in a room with French is like my worst nightmare by myself without my hearing aid because people think that, oh, I'm constantly getting exposure. I hear so many new words. You know, people are talking to me. I'm going to pick it up. But the problem is, is I don't hear it correctly. If I can't ask confirmational questions of like, is it this way or is it this way? Is it does it sound like this or does it sound like that? Then I don't get anywhere. I can't fully trust what I hear in French because I know that I can't hear all the sounds in French. And it's really hard when people make you feel bad about why don't you why don't you speak French yet? You've lived here for four and a half years. Shouldn't you speak French by now? And I have to remember that they don't understand. They don't know what it's like to actually not hear sounds. They don't know what it's like to question what you heard because you know that you don't hear everything. And they absolutely don't know what it's like to be terrified to ask for confirmation in a language that you don't speak. The last one I want to leave you guys with today is a misconception about divulging information around somebody who is deaf or hard of hearing. So many people feel like they are being the helper. They feel like, oh, you're going to a doctor's appointment and I'm coming with you. I'll just go ahead and tell them that you're deaf so that they can help you. Hmm. Or the friend that tells the other friend, hey, Rachel's deaf. You know, you need to talk louder. They think they're being helpful. But what they're doing in reality, from the perspective of someone who is hard of hearing, is that they're disempowering me. They're taking that power away and taking it for themselves. They're divulging very personal information on their own without consulting me. They're taking my power away. And when I was pregnant and after giving birth, I had to have this conversation with my mother-in-law because she truly believed if I just told the doctors that I was deaf, then they would speak louder. They would speak slower for me in French. Now, I love her dearly, but she is naive. 
she doesn't have the experience that I do. She doesn't know that, yes, some people want to be helpful. They want to accommodate you. But on the other side of that coin is there are people that don't care. Now, there's people that are bullies that they'll speak way too loud just to, you know, try to accommodate you. And there's then there's people that won't do anything and they could care less or they'll just totally ignore me then and speak to my husband or her because they speak French fluently. And after many times of this happening, I finally said, we're not doing this anymore. I get to decide who and when people know that I'm deaf, that I'm hard of hearing. It's not that I am ashamed. It's not that I don't want to share. It's that I get to choose. I get to choose because it empowers me when I choose. And it's a decision that I make and I decide to share this personal information with you because I trust you. And I trust that telling you will be to an advantage. The next time that you're around your mom, your dad, your grandparents, your child, and they suffer from hearing loss, please do them a favor and don't divulge it to every single person around you. Because each time that you do, you take their power away. And you never know how comfortable or uncomfortable they are with that information. You don't know the experiences that they've lived through. You don't know the bullying that they've endured. You don't know the workplace bullying that they have experienced because they're deaf or because they need to ask, what'd you say? Again and again and again. Now, after telling you guys all this information, what can you do? How can we progress our society to a better standard of how to handle hard of hearing and deaf people in our community? The first step is to stop being stingy with our words. If somebody asks you to repeat something, just do it. Don't get angry. Don't get annoyed. Don't roll your eyes. Don't huff and puff. Because it's a microscopic inconvenience for you to take one millisecond to repeat something. Whereas the damage that you can leave by huffing and rolling your eyes and getting irritated stays with that person for a long time. If they don't have the foundation of being an advocate for themselves, it can completely transform their perception of being deaf. Is that I'm always a nuisance. I'm never enough. I should just stop talking or stop listening or start participating in conversations because I can't hear them and they're too annoyed to talk to me. I'm too much of an inconvenience. 
Don't make people feel that way. Next, make it a normal experience to interact with somebody who's hard of hearing or deaf in society. We tend to shove them into a corner. We tend to say, you know, oh, this is the deaf schools. This is, oh, you're hard of hearing. You're over here. And then everyday society doesn't interact with hard of hearing or deaf students, adults, babies. And then we began to have these misconceptions that arise that, oh, why don't they just get hearing aids? Oh, they'll just learn the language easily if we just put them in the environment. There's so much that my community can teach you about our situations. And lastly, never, ever act like hearing is disposable. I'll leave you with one last little story. Before my mom had her most recent brain surgery, I went with her to several different appointments. And I was in Oklahoma at this time. And I went with one, I went to her with one to a neurosurgeon. And they were deciding how were they going to access the cyst that she had. And I was sitting there in that room while he described going through her ear, her only good ear that she had left. And then simultaneously acting like, if you lose your hearing, you can just learn sign language. As if it was a write-off, as if it wasn't important, as if it was something that didn't define your life and how you communicated with people. Don't ever be that person. I was sitting in that room fuming. I was having smoke come out of my ears because I was so upset about his perception on hearing. I wanted to call him out so desperately, but my mom wouldn't allow me. And I still think about it all the time that that was, that needed to be called out. He needed to understand that he knew nothing about that disability, the disability of losing hearing, of being hard of hearing or deaf, that he could just nonchalantly chalk that into, well, this is just one of the side effects that could happen. And that I could just learn sign language. My mom could just learn sign language. If it happened, it was no big deal. Wouldn't change anything. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. Thank you all for tuning in tonight and listening to this. And I hope that you guys got value out of it and that you began to see the world a little differently. And you began to see the hard of hearing and deaf community a little differently. There are new episodes to step into your sunshine every Monday and Thursday. 
at 8 p.m. UTC time, 7 p.m. UK time, and 1 p.m. U.S. Central Standard Time. I can't wait to talk to you guys soon.